create shapes. It's completely for whatever you want to do with it. It is important to remember that there are no right or wrong answers here. There is only how you experience the word of God. So let us go now to our call to worship. God, some of your people gather in sanctuaries while others create sacred spaces in their living rooms or backyards. Yet all join to worship you, God, who is with the scattered and gathered. Some of your followers are going out to serve and work, while others stay at home, helping children and grandchildren learn virtually. Yet all seek to follow your example, Jesus who calls the scattered and gathered. Some care for others by shopping for them, while plant seeds of peace and hope. Yet whether gathered or scattered, all seek to live out your gifts, spirit of us all. Our opening hymn this morning is Let the Whole Creation Cry, and the words will appear on your screen. And we will get to sing it here in just a second. Let the whole creation cry.
Covenant Christian Church, it is great seeing each and every one of you this morning. I uh, wish we could be in the same place together, but alas, that is not in our cards. Hello, I am back. I'm not exactly sure what happened there, uh, but hopefully you can see me. Um, my internet has been going in and out this morning, so I hope that I can make it through. Um, with regards to our discussion today, I got this book here. I still actually stole it off one of my daughter's desks. Um, it's called Princess Pistachio. And I really, I didn't need anything in particular. I was just looking for books. And this one has lots and lots and lots of pictures in it. Uh, that's the way a lot of the storybooks go uh, that we recognize and see in uh, uh, children's libraries and whatnot. Uh, but I also went and looked and I found this book. This is something that we put together for uh, both of our girls uh, when they were growing up and we were wanting to teach them the ABCs. And uh, so this happens to be Avery's ABC album. Uh, what we would do would, uh, would, would work with uh, something uh, with A. So we would find things in her life that started with A. So there's Aunt Elaine, there's her sister, at, you know, Avery and Addie and, and, and whatnot. B was her Uncle Brent, uh, Balloons, and then we had our dog Boone. So we used pictures to help tell a story. Uh, there's car for C, cookie monster for C, uh, all that stuff. So as you go through A, B, C, and D, we use pictures to tell those stories. Um, it was quite interesting um, doing that. It really helped them to bring to memory uh, those, those letters that we were trying to teach them. But I also want Bear with it one sec, folks. Hopefully, Randy gets the signal back. Sorry about that again. <laughs> I'm back again. Um, but again, our parables, uh, they're a little bit different. But every other story that we have in Worship and Wonder uh, tells us a story from little wooden figures. I don't have one with me today, but they're wooden figures with no facial expressions, uh, no color except for natural wood. All of our stories are based on these kind of uh, uh, helping people to come 
to their own understanding of the story. What did Moses look like? What did uh, Abraham look like? What were the Ten Commandments like? Everything is kind of a, uh, an, an unwritten kind of book, if you will. And so they get a chance to make up in their own minds, imagine what these things are like. And I think that's really important because it helps us to realize that stories can be different. They don't have to be written in explicit pictures on the page. They don't have to take on very specific characteristics like what these pictures do in this storybook. When we go into worship and wonder, the really neat thing about it is each child comes away from that story uh, with their own imagination of what these characters look like, what happened in the story, which goes with this entire thing of wonder. So as we go through our worship this morning, what's really neat and, and, and cool about it is that as you see the pictures, as you read these things and the illustrations come into your mind, they're really important uh, about uh, helping you to come to terms with uh, what is going on and how you uh, can understand the story on your own level. And it's really great because somebody may be sitting in the same room listening to the same story or seeing the same piece of artwork, but it means different things to each people. So Let us pray again. I'm sorry about that. Dear God, please help us to know and learn about you in many, many, many ways. Help us to know that you are all around us and you look and feel different to each one of us. Help us to recognize that. Amen. Amen. Thanks for staying with it, Randy. Uh, help us feeling when the Internet's uh, not cooperating, uh, but we're glad that it worked out um, <clears throat> so that we could hear. Uh, a little bit about uh, what you're offering us this morning. I uh, want to uh, begin with our, our scripture reading this morning. And this scripture reading you're going to hear um, many times through our, our service today. We're going to hear it and, and listen to it and listen to it again and um, hear how the Spirit moves um, in our mind's eye. Uh, and so I want to invite you to hear with me this morning uh, Exodus 33 as we continue to explore uh, Israel's experience in the wilderness. Moses said, show me your glory, God, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, see, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Here is the reading from God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly 
God, as we enter into this time together and we consider your word, we pray that your spirit would be with us, that it would surround us each in our different places, and that it would bring this word to life, uh, that you would stoke our imaginations and our creativity, and that you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we might listen and hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Moses wants to see God. Uh, In the midst of wilderness time, Moses is charged with leading people uh, through hardship and difficulty. And I talked about leadership last week and the the difficulty and the challenges of leadership, especially in a wilderness time. Uh, And Moses is, is the leader, is the proclaimed leader of the people, the one that God has called to lead them through this time of hardship. And Moses wants to know the God who's called him. Uh, Moses wants assurance that God will be with him. Uh, and I think if anybody has a claim on this kind of experience with God, if anybody has the right to demand to see God's face, I think it's Moses. Uh, if you'll remember that God, um, that Moses responded to the call of God uh, coming from a burning bush, he heard uh, God's voice, but uh, saw only a bush and that it was burning, but not consumed. Uh, Moses has ascended the mountain to hear a word from God, to receive instructions from God, and to communicate with God. But over and over again, Moses is going to have to reassure the people. Moses is going to have to provide course correction uh, to their tendency to wander away from the faithfulness, from faithfulness to the one who has led them out of slavery in Egypt. He's going to have to to offer this kind of comfort and offer this kind of assurance. If anybody needs an intimate experience of God to sustain them in the wilderness, it's Moses. Moses is going to have to to share this experience and to share what he knows of this God with everyone else. And if he's going to disperse what he knows, he needs a full experience of who God is. Uh, Who among us has not wished Uh, for an experience of God that will eliminate all doubt about God's presence with us. Um, We remember Thomas uh, struggling to believe in the risen Jesus, uh, demanding to see Jesus, just like all the other disciples had. He says, I want to see the wounds in his hands, and I want to see the hole in his side, and I will not believe until I see for myself. And doubting Thomas is what we've called him, even though uh, surely we can identify with that need for clarity and for certainty around something that seems so unlikely and that seems to go against everything that seems to be true about the world that you live in. You would need confirmation. You would need something that removes all doubt. If we're going to trust this God, if we're going to put our faith in this God, if we're going to orient our lives around this God, if we're going to hold fast to our belief in this God, when all signs around us point to the contrary, we need to know this God. We need to know this God the way we know the closest people in our lives. We need to be able to recognize this God from a distance. We need to be able to sense God's presence in the room without even looking up. We need to know uh, what we think God would say, how God would react. We need to know who this God is. But not even Moses gets a full view. I reckon every church kid has uh, asked some trusted adult, what does God look like? Has anybody ever seen God? And how do we know if God is real when nobody has ever seen God? Uh, On the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, Da Vinci imagined God as an old man with 
an old white man with a long white beard, and that image has stuck for some people. Uh, being humans and being hum and believing that humankind is created in the image of God, I suppose it's natural for us to give God human characteristics. Even here in this passage, we hear about God's hand and God's face and God's front and God's back. I would like to think, however, that what Moses saw when he saw only God's backside pass in front of him was something more majestic than a human backside. But what would we know about God if we knew what God looked like? Is even seeing each other our primary way of knowing each other? What is it that you know about somebody just from seeing what they look like? It's not nothing, but it's also not everything, maybe not even much. Ultimately, we know by listening, don't we? We know by what we hear. We know by what we take in. We know by, by hearing. Uh, if you've been married to someone for 50 years, you probably know every wrinkle, every stray hair that grows where it's not supposed to grow, exactly how they will reach for the cereal bowl every morning. But when you first knew them, when you fell in love with them, when you got close to them, when you could make eye contact with that person and know what they were thinking, it wasn't from seeing them, it was from listening. It was from hearing and being heard. It was from late night conversations and from shared histories. It was from sharing hopes and dreams and learning what makes the other person laugh and what makes the other person cry and everything in between. And I reckon the same is true with God. We know God by what we see. And we can see God at work in our world. We look around and we see, uh, for example, the glory of God's creation. And, and uh, we see uh, one another and we see uh, the way that uh, when humans are at their best and creation is at its best, uh, we see what's unfolding around us. We see God at work. We think we can, we can point our eyes in a direction and say, there is God at work. But what we really know about God is tied to our ability to listen. Uh, Terence for theme says, uh, any seeing that is granted to Moses must be accompanied by a knowing if it is going to be truly revelatory of who God is and what God is about. It is more important to know what kind of God this is than to see this God. Of course, Listening is much more inexact than seeing, I think, for us. We don't trust our ears the same way we trust our eyes. We don't uh, trust our ability to perceive things as much as we uh, trust our ability to construct a, a physical reality in our mind. But this is the kind of relationship that God desires for us. God uh, gives us this relationship that requires more of us, requires faith from us, in order to be dynamic and active and real. Uh, for theme says, faith would be turned into sight if we were to see God. And humankind could not but believe. And so God's uh, presence cannot be obvious. That would be coercive. There must be an element of ambiguity um, uh, such that disbelief remains possible. A sense of God's mystery must be preserved. And that drives us uh, up a wall sometimes to know that, um, that there is mystery around God, especially in wilderness times when 
really we just want certainty. We just want to know uh, with 100% of who we are that God is present with us and that, that we can confirm that with our own two eyes and what we've, what we've seen and then we, we can believe. But it doesn't mean, just because we can't see God doesn't mean that it's not possible doesn't mean that it's not possible to know God. In fact, th- those of us who believe that in Jesus of Nazareth, we see God in the flesh, we believe and in him that we do know God, that mostly uh, what we know about God uh, through Jesus even uh, is from what we hear. It's from what we hear from him about love and about justice and about mercy and about grace, what we hear from them and what we hear from those uh, uh, who reflect the presence of Jesus in the here and now. And so the challenge becomes in wilderness time is to remember that we will not always see what we need to see to know that, that God is present, that our relationship with God often takes the form of listening. And so our call in wilderness times is to listen carefully, to listen fully, to listen with interest, not the way you sort of half listen to the news happening in the background or, or sort of half listen to, um, uh, to your spouse telling you to take the trash out or, or half, t- half this or half that, the sort of ways that we um, sort of half pay attention. Uh, wilderness listening is listening that engages the fullness of who we are. It calls us to active listening as if God is speaking, as if we are able to hear all the time something of who God is. And so in this service today, in our wilderness moment, you're going to be invited to both listen and to see with your mind's eye something of the God who has promised to be with us. Amen. As I read this passage, listen carefully and try to imagine the scene. What does it look like? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Try to connect all your senses to the scene that is going on in the scripture passage. You can make notes if you want or start small sketches that will help you as we go along. I will read the passage twice. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will call out my name, 
Yahweh, before you. I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. As I read and as I read, focus and choose a phrase that speaks to you today. At this moment, you don't have to figure out why that phrase is speaking to you. At this moment, just that I that just that it is speaking to you at this moment. Try to see those words as an image using words themselves as word art or scene that pre- that represents those words to you then moses said now show me your glory and the lord said i will cause all, i will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and i will proclaim my name the lord in your presence I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me alive. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When the glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I passed until I have passed by then I will remove my hand and you will see my back but my face must not be seen
Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me alive. Then the, Lord's, then the Lord replied, There's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a, in a, in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand un, until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. As the passage is read, try and choose one word that speaks to you the most. It could be from the phrase that you chose last time that stood out to you, but it doesn't have to be. Focus on that one word. What does it look like? What imagery does this word create for you while you're thinking about this scripture passage? Moses said, please show me your glorious presence. The Lord said, I'll make all my goodness pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim before you the name the Lord. I will be kind to whomever I wish to be kind, and I will have compassion to whomever I wish to be compassionate. But, the Lord said, you can't see my face because no one can see me and live. The Lord said, here is a place near me where you will stand beside the rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I'll set you in a gap in the rock and I'll cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face won't be visible. Moses said, please show me your glorious presence. 
The Lord said, I'll make all my goodness pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim before you the name, the Lord. I will be kind to whomever I wish to be kind, and I will have compassion to whomever I wish to be compassionate. But, the Lord said, you can't see my face because no one can see me and live. The Lord said, here is a place near me where you will stand beside the rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I'll set you in a gap in the rock and I'll cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face won't be visible. Now is the time that we are inviting you to make use of those art supplies or the coloring pages that you have hopefully uh, printed or gathered around you. Um, start with your chosen word and uh, or maybe think about the selected phrase that you chose as you heard uh, the passage read over and over by uh, Sarah and Aiden and myself and choose uh, an image uh, that represents what you're thinking, what you're feeling, uh, what uh, uh, brought was what what images came to your mind as you listened. It could be word art, it could be a collage, it could be a list of words in different colors, it could be a drawing of the actual scene in the story, it could be a drawing of a scene that's uh, merely a, a representation of the story. However, uh, you would interpret what you heard. That's what we're inviting you to put down on paper. And we want to remind you that uh, you don't have to be a professional to do this. Uh, this is uh, open to everyone and everybody's um, ability to draw or to sketch or to however you want to create this image, uh, you're certainly welcome. And so we're going to give you some time now, uh, along with some, uh, some music, and, and then later in our service, we'll be uh, sharing these images one with another. So I uh, invite you now to reflect and to uh, be creative in whatever way you feel the Spirit leading you.
We turn now to our time of prayer. I want to invite you, if you have joys or concerns that you wish to share, to share those uh, in the chat. Uh, see a note from Shirley uh, thanking everyone for their flowers, prayers, calls, and cards, and the loss of her sister. I uh, do continue to keep uh, Shirley in your prayers um, uh, for all her family has been through in the recent weeks and months. Uh, if you have others that you wish to share this morning, I would encourage you to, to just place those in the chat and we can uh, lift up uh, those. Uh, thank you, uh, Laura. Uh, Anthony Westbrook has been um, dealing with COVID-19. I don't know if you have an update, a further update for us there, Laura. Um, uh, certainly uh, praying for the Westbrook family. Um, uh, his wife dealing with it as well. Um, Thank you for that. Doug reminding us to continue to pray for Thomas Rutherford, uh, who's undergoing chemo and radiation. Uh, Darla's dad will have another surgery on 923. Uh, sorry to hear that. Another um, step in his journey as he has been dealing with, um, with so many uh, hardships uh, uh, over the past years. I want to invite you to... Um, be in prayer uh, for those who have been in the path of hurricanes and tropical storms uh, for the ways that they have been uh, impacted. Um, we pray for those uh, as uh, who live in those areas and in the tropics who, as the, the tropics are still active in this uh, hurricane season. All right. Let's go to God in prayer together. Oh God, teach us to listen. When we are eager to see answers to our prayers, when we are eager to see healing in the way we imagine it, when we are eager to see justice in the way we imagine it, when we are eager to see new life in the way we imagine it. Help us to listen, to hear what you have to say to us about healing and justice and new life. When we are eager to speak those things that are on our hearts and minds, when we are eager to tell you everything that is troubling our spirits, help us to listen for words of assurance. When we find ourselves in wilderness times, help us to remember what we know of you, what we know of your faithfulness, what we know of your presence with us, what we know of your grace that has seen us through so many wildernesses before. Help us, God, even in wilderness times, to stop and to listen for how you are speaking.
And God, when we are unsure, help us to turn to the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, whose life and whose words fill our hearts and our minds when we struggle to hear and understand. May we be shaped and formed by his example. May we be moved by his love as we are saved by his grace. Amen.
Our communion hymn this morning is a song called Jesus, My Lord. Um, if you are unfamiliar with it, uh, I hope you'll be able to pick it up quickly. Um, and it's just a beautiful song. It's one of my favorites. And it's actually one of the, um, it's a song that helped me realize that music could be a ministry, truth to tell.
as we prepare to gather around the Lord's table, we gather at one of the places where God has given us the gift of seeing. Uh, We are given bread and cup. We are given symbols that remind us of God's deep love for us. But just as important are uh, are the, the, the visible signs that we see are the words that we hear. The voice of Christ saying uh, to Christ's people, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Otherwise, when you look at it, it's just ordinary bread and cup. But when you hear those words and you hear the assurance of God's deep love for you, you begin to see something of who this God is that abides with us in the wilderness. So I invite you, take bread, the bread that Jesus set for his disciples. On the night which he was betrayed, Jesus took that bread. He blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this bread that represents your broken body on the cross. And just as your father hid Moses with his hand, so you have hidden our sins with the sacrifice of your body. We thank you so much for the way that you've loved us and the way that you've shown it to us. Lord Jesus, we pray that you'll heal our broken land, heal our broken minds, and heal our hearts so that we may also, like you, Invite all to this feast. Thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Likewise, after the supper, Jesus took a cup. And when he gave it thanks, he shared it with them and said, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for you and for many. Let us pray. Loving God, as we continue around this table, we are so grateful. Grateful for your love, grateful for your forgiveness, and grateful for the sacrifice you made so we can be here together today. As we take this cup of salvation, open our hearts to the sacrifices that we need to make to continue to do your work in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Take and drink the cup of salvation. a multifaceted offering this morning, ways that we're going to offer our gifts to God and to one another. A uh, first uh, offering invitation that I want to give to you is our regular offering. Uh, Mark's going to flash the screen, the, the information there on the screen in case you don't have it yet. Uh, the inv- the Im- information that allows you to give to our church's general budget uh, or to give as we uh, continue to um, uh, run our capital campaign and make plans toward uh, building renovation Uh, you may continue to give in these ways uh, to help the church's ministry continue uh, even in these wilderness times. I want to remind you also that week of our week of compassion special offering uh, for uh, week of compassion's COVID response is continuing this week. You can see the information there on your screen. This is the last week 
uh, that we'll be collecting our special week of compassion offering. Uh, you see there, you can text WOC18 to 71777, and that will take you to Covenant's dedicated giving page. Uh, I want to invite you to continue to consider how your gifts uh, may make an impact, not just here, but around the world for those who are dealing with the impacts of COVID-19. And uh, as we consider what God is calling us to do uh, for this offering, we have a message from uh, Church World Services Coordinator in the Middle East. Compassion literally means to share one's burden or pain. In the Middle East, where there are millions of displaced people and refugees, the pain that people suffer, especially those forced from their homes, has increased dramatically during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic. For decades, Palestinian refugees have lived in camps in the West Bank, Gaza, Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria. Iraqis have been forced from their homes and country due to invasion and the subsequent instability and insecurity over the past 17 years. And for almost a decade, the Syrian war has forced more than half of the population from their homes and cities. Those 13 million displaced Syrians are scattered inside their country and beyond. The Christian Church Disciples of Christ nurtures partner relationships with a number of ecumenical and church-based partners in the Middle East many of which have been providing humanitarian response to these various uprooted communities for years. Week of Compassion works with global ministries to contribute to these relief efforts, including consistent and faithful support for the work with Syrians spread out in Syria and neighboring countries like Jordan over the last several years of war to share the burden of their pain. The coronavirus has only exacerbated the crisis these Syrians are facing. By responding in support of the work of our partners in the region, Week of Compassion with Global Ministries has provided necessary relief, especially basic food and water, medical supplies, and hygiene kits. In responding to the needs of displaced Syrians, regardless of faith, ethnicity, or background, one of our partners, the Middle East Council of Churches, has said that this support upholds the dignity and human rights of the people they serve by demonstrating love for the neighbor. I didn't recognize him. Again, if you want to uh, give to that Week of Compassion special offering, it's WOC18, and text that to 71777. Of course, you can also send a check to the church uh, marked Week of Compassion offering, uh, and we will collect those as well. Now, as also part of our offering, you get the opportunity to share uh, the artwork that you created. Uh, so what's going to happen is that uh, randomly you're going to be assigned into a breakout room with just a few other people, uh, and you'll have an opportunity uh, to share um, – with one another, uh, whatever it was that you created and, and say a little bit about that with one another for just a few minutes, and then we'll come back together 
uh, to continue our worship. This is one of those things that we couldn't do very easily uh, without the benefit of Zoom, uh, but Zoom makes it easy for us to share uh, these things with one another, uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what you all came up with this morning. Uh, here we go. You'll be invited to breakout rooms momentarily. thank you so much for the offering and, and for the good gifts that we've received from one another. We're praying that this, this offering will be used to, to supplement those who are in such need in our land today. And we pray, God, that you would open up each one of us and keep our hearts and minds attuned to the needs that are constantly floating around us. Help us, Lord, to always remember to reach out to those who are in need and again, to, to always be cognizant of, of need that's around us. And I also want to thank you so much for the awesome service today. And just, Lord, for the great way that you have covered over us and covered over our sins and offered us the gift of your glorious salvation. Be with us now as we depart and guide us all until we meet again. It's in your Son, Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is an invitation to anyone who wishes to take up the way of Christ for the first time or to join us by becoming a member at Covenant. It's in this very room. Let's sing together.
Just as we prepare to go, I want to invite you to, uh, you can, uh, those of you who are interested, I'm sure, in seeing other people's artwork, uh, you can, again, in the upper right-hand corner, you can switch to gallery view. We'll, we'll take off the spotlight of my video. Switch to gallery view. If you, up in the right-hand corner, you see a little grid of blocks. Um, if you hover your mouse over that and then click on it, it will switch to a big grid of everybody's pictures. Uh, and if you'd like, uh, you can take and just hold up your artwork so that everybody can see. Very good. Love it. That's so beautiful. Oh, Covenant, that's so beautiful. All right. Thanks so much. A few uh, words about things upcoming in the life of the church. Randy is planning youth events. Um, our uh, JYF gathering will start here in just a few minutes. Um, and then, uh, uh, yes, Don's looking for a sign-in link. Come in one second, and I will uh, put that there in the chat for you. I got it. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, you can take a moment and sign in. There's youth events at 11:30 for JYF, 12:30 for Cairo, and three o'clock for our CYF. Uh, so make sure you are aware of that. I want to give a brief update on our capital campaign. I did uh, speak to our engineer this week, uh, who is getting close with site permits from the town of Cary, uh, which is good news. Um, some minor adjustments uh, to the site plan, uh, and he anticipates the site permits might be done in a week or two. 
uh, and receive those from the town of Cary, and then it will be on to contractors and building permits. Uh, so the ball is moving down the field, and we're um, we're getting there. Uh, and so that's a, a moment to to be grateful, and then to continue to pray that that process will move along and not be further slowed down by the pandemic. Of course, so many town employees are working from home and not in offices, and uh, that thing that slows things down. But uh, we are still hopeful that uh, we're going to get moving uh, before too much longer. So, uh, and then we'll need to pray for building permits that they will go smoothly as well. Uh, lastly, I want to thank Robin. This, this service was Robin's idea, Robin's creation, uh, uh, thinking about this um, way of uh, reflecting on the word. And so I'm grateful for that and for the work that she put into it. And so we want to give uh, Robin some recognition and appreciation for that. Uh, as you all enjoyed it. See how it's a little uh, rounds of applause going out there. So uh, our song of sending forth is Jesus, my Lord, and we'll sing that together. So we'll just do the chorus twice. And um, Jesus, my Lord. Oh, wait, that would have been too low. peace.